How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's dry January, a time for mocktails. It's a thing. People want to recharge their batteries after the new year, after excessively drinking through the holidays. A conversation on the mocktail trend and recipes so you can make them yourself. This is a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia. That's a quick, delicious, flavorful bite. It was really hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood-burning oven from Italy. It is intense. And hear about quirky stuff, too. Eat a pint of ice cream as quick as you can and then resume the 5k this is what's cooking on kyw i'm hadas kuznets with matt deutsch who is beverage director at fcm hospitality and he's in charge of 11 total locations which includes permanent restaurants pop-ups and takeovers and we're talking about january being dry january i guess that's a thing huh it's a thing people uh, want to recharge their batteries after the new year after excessively drinking through the holidays and kind of get back to ground zero or through the year i mean the way this it's been a rough couple of years the couple of years yes so january is dry january which means that you know some people are not going to be putting the alcohol in their drinks but they still want to have a drink so let's talk in general before we get into the actual mocktails are mocktails a thing are is, are they popular yeah the mocktails in general are a thing just because it's dry january we're kind of promoting the fact that we do mocktails, but we do mocktails all year long at a few of our locations. Uh, It's a good way for pregnant women, children, people that have to drive home, don't want the hangover, you know, that they can enhance their dining experience, be part of the group if you will, without having the uh, limitations of having to have alcohol in your cocktail. What's the draw of having a mocktail as opposed to just like water or like another type of a non-alcoholic drink? Well, I mean, some of our mocktails are derived from cocktails that we have on the menu. So the ingredients would be similar, taking out the alcohol, obviously, but the ingredients base start from there and then kind of work there. It's uh, really all about the balance. You know, it's more than just throwing a couple good ingredients into a glass with ice and saying, here's your mocktail. You know, it's there's there's a balance and a thought process behind it to make sure that the mocktail, regardless of whether alcohol is in it, it's still balanced and still tasteful. Which is interesting because I guess that leads to the reason maybe people might have a drink. Maybe it sounds like it might be more than just that drunken feeling that alcohol gives you, but the taste of it. Well, I mean, even low alk cocktails are really becoming a thing lately where people don't want to have all the excess alcohol, but they still want to have a libation. So making cocktails with less alcohol in them is 
actually really a thing nowadays. It's kind of weird to think about. You know, you, you think of your, your bang for your buck, but that's not what people are really thinking about now. They're just thinking about the whole overall experience and the taste profile rather than how much alcohol are you putting into this cocktail. Interesting, because I would think that people would be like, oh, you know, the saying, give me a heavy pour. Right, no, you still get that. Don't get me wrong. And it also depends on the, the time of year and situation and scenarios uh, behind it. But people are, are really looking into the, the experience and the, the taste now uh, more than just getting drunk. So you have a few mocktails on your menus. Well, at Harper's Garden, Harper's Garden and Lolo's Garden are two cocktail-centric locations. So there's always a few mocktails on their list, and those are derived from the ingredients that we have in-house using our cocktails. So for instance, a Moondrop Lemonade. We make a Moondrop Grape Syrup at Harper's Garden, and that's used in one of our cocktails, but we utilize that as well in our mocktail to kind of bridge the gap. We're not going to make a syrup specifically for a mocktail, but if I have it in-house, I'm going to be able to utilize it wherever I can. And that enhances the drink, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so at Harper's right now, I have a Moondrop Grape Lemonade, a uh, Palmer made with fig and vanilla, blackberry ginger soda, and we're doing a, uh, a hot cider just because, you know, it's cold outside. What flavors go together? Well, food and drink are very, very similar. If something would go well together on a plate, it would probably go well together in a cocktail. The true test is whether you're going to be able to incorporate those flavors properly into the cocktail. Making syrups and shrubs and whatnot, how are you going to extract your flavors from, say, a berry and put it into a liquid form into your cocktail and still remain balanced? So how do you do that? It's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> you know, you, you play around with uh, some things, you know, after doing it for so long, I could usually come up with how I'm going to extract those flavors and what type of syrup or shrub I'm going to make just by experience. But prior to that, you know, when you, you don't have that knowledge, you just kind of throw a couple things together, taste it. If it doesn't work, start from square one, you know, and you use that as a base to, to say, well, this needs a little bit more sweet in it, or it's a little too sweet. So how are we going to counteract that and, and make it better? Do pretty much all cocktails work as mocktails? Eh, not all, not all. Cause there's, there's definitely some cocktails that are alcohol centric alcohol forward. Like your martini, for instance, you can't really make a non-alcoholic martini because what you're tasting in a martini is the alcohol and some accent flavors. Uh, so you're, you're really not going to be able to assimilate that. But stuff that, that have uh, juice bases or stuff like that is, is a little bit easier to, to kind of bridge the gap between alcohol and non. What are some of your favorite mocktails to make? My favorite mocktails to make, it really depends on the season. Uh, we change our uh, cocktail menus up seasonally. And along with that, changes the uh, uh, the mocktails as well. So I, I really don't think I have a favorite. I'm not a, really a, a favorite type of person. I, I really like to give every flavor its own chance, so to speak. What's a good winter weather mocktail? And why have a mocktail in the winter as opposed to like a hot drink? Same reason why you would want to have a cocktail rather than a, a hot cocktail, you know, like a hot toddy is out there. But just because uh, I can make a hot toddy for you doesn't mean that you're not going to want a cold drink. It's still refreshing, still accents your uh, your dining experience. As far as favorite flavors for fall and winter, I like the cinnamons, the nutmegs, the clove, 
you know, any of those mulling spices really do well in winter cocktails. I'm so glad you didn't say pumpkin spice. I uh, know, totally a, 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 an early fall thing. And then once that fall, early fall happens, pumpkin goes away. Yeah. <laughs> As we head into now the, the new year, are there new cocktails or anything brand new, brand new flavors that you want to tell us about? I'm in the process of brainstorming with uh, all of my locations to come up with uh, uh, the new menus that uh, should be rolling out within the next few weeks. Give us some more ideas of another another mocktail. Well, at Lola's Garden, we have a cocktail on the menu. It's a cucumber, basil, gimlet essentially. But we take the uh, the cucumber essence, we take the basil essence out of it, and we make it into a mocktail. Now, on top of that, there's what's called a butterfly pea tea in there. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a tea that is purple, indigo, very, very deep, deep purple color. And then when you mix it with citric acid, it actually has a chemical reaction that changes the color from this deep indigo purple to this fuchsia color, literally just by citric acid going into it. It doesn't have to be any colors or anything that that changes. It's a total chemical reaction. Uh, So we float that on the top of both the mocktail and the cocktail. So when you see the two of them side by side, you really wouldn't tell the difference other than the fact that it's in a different glass. Do bartenders like making mocktails? Is that as much of a challenge as a cocktail? Uh, just as much as a cocktail. It probably, if not even a little bit harder to randomly just create a mocktail because through bartending, you've been driven with alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. And then when you have somebody sit in front of you that wants a good libation, but they're not looking for alcohol in it, then you have to kind of like redirect your brain to say, well, I usually get these flavors from this alcohol, so what could I do to simulate that flavor without using alcohol? For instance, margarita. At both of our Mexican locations, we have, for our mocktail program, we do non-alcoholic versions of our margaritas and all the flavors that go along with it. But a margarita is more than just sugar and lime juice in a glass with some tequila. You know, there's triple sec in it, which brings an orange flavor backbone to it. So we actually make our own non-alcoholic triple sec in-house to incorporate into those non-alcoholic margaritas. So you're really getting the full experience of a margarita, not just a limeade. Oh, wow. You you mentioned this being kind of a trend. Are more people asking for mocktails? Yeah, absolutely. You do get them. I, I would have never put them on the menu for a static spot without the draw or the attention that people are actually ordering it. And you'd be surprised. The amount of mocktail sales, even if it's not dry January, the amount of mocktail sales that you get throughout a given week. Sounds like there's pressure to drink and some people want to drink without being pressured. (laughs) I mean, you could also go up to your bartender and say, hey, could you make this the mocktail version? And uh, depending on uh, the bartender, the place, and whether they have that availability, you know, hopefully they can make you a non-alcoholic version, not tell your friends, and your friends look like you're uh, you're drinking, part of the crowd, but you're just at a an even keel. I, I think that's interesting. Is that is that like a thing that people are like not wanting to drink, but not wanting to tell their friends that they're not drinking? Yeah, I mean, being in any social environment, some people really cling on to the fact of, well, what are my friends thinking about me? And you go out for a ladies' night with all the girls, and you're the only one not drinking along with everybody so you know it's it's an easy way to kind of simulate the fact and still stay part of the group you know i'm still hanging out i'm still part of the group but you know i'm just not partaking in uh, everything else that everybody else is so 
how long have you started, have you been putting mocktails on the permanent menu? As long as I've been with this company, I've always put on, and prior to being in this company as well, I've always put mocktails on to menus. It, it just is a, a nice little extra draw. You know, you, ha you have the ingredients there available to you, might as well utilize them and, you know, make that extra little sale. Rather than selling a $3 soda, I can sell a $6 mocktail with time and thought and process put behind it. It really does sound like it is like an extra thing for people to think about, like, oh, this is an option. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it is an option and a lot more often than you would think. Based on kind of the sales, do you, you sell a lot of them? I guess that would yeah. tell the popularity. Yep, absolutely. It does sell a lot. I mean, mocktails are never going to beat cocktails in general. You know, people go out to drink, they're going out to drink. But it is just an extra little added bonus for the people that don't want to drink or can't drink. How do you compare the sale of mocktails to the sale of something like a soda? Um, it depends on the place, but uh, like a percentage wise, how, how much percent? Yeah, kind of curious as to like if somebody wants to go the extra step to get a mocktail. I mean, regular non-alcoholic beverage sales in comparison to our mocktail sales, I'd want to say 20%, 25% of our total non-alcoholic sales would be in the, the mocktail range. Wow, that's pretty good. It actually is pretty good, you know, but in order to create those, you need to put it onto the menu, have it available for people, make it interesting. As I said before, it's more than just throwing some good ingredients into a glass. You, you need to, you know, advertise it as, you know, it's, it's not a cocktail, it's a mocktail, but it's just as good. What are some tips for people that want to mix some flavors together at home? Um, always think about just your favor, uh, flavor uh, profile and palette. What things usually go together good, they're probably going together go, go together good in your cocktail, but if you're trying to create a mocktail at home, it's all about about the balance. Every mocktail needs a little bit of sweet in it, but not over sweet. And a good way to counterbalance that sweet is to add a little bit of sour in there. So lime and sugar counterbalance each other to kind of make these, this even plateau. So if it's, something is a little too sweet, just try adding a little bit of lemon or lime juice to it. And it, it would probably palatable out a little bit better. And what makes something more sweet if it's not sweet enough? Uh, sugar, sugar, sugar. Just yeah, drop take, sugar in? Taking out that sugar or adding that sugar. Or when you're making your, your syrups... You know, you make a, a strawberry syrup, typically you're gonna use equal proportions of sugar and strawberry, blend it together, and then put it through a, a fine mesh strainer. And that's essentially your strawberry syrup. You know, but if you want a little bit not quite as sweet, you know, just when you're making the physical syrup, use less sugar. So instead of a one-to-one -one ratio, maybe a one-to-two ratio. Cool, can you divulge a good winter mocktail recipe for us? The mold hot cider is always a good one, but it's more than just cider in a glass, as I said. You make it hot, and then you add in some cinnamon, some nutmeg, some clove to get those mulling spices going. But then when you throw it into the glass, you're going to want to add a little bit of lemon juice and just a, little, a touch bit of uh, simple syrup or sweetness to round out your flavors so it's not just hot cider in a glass. That sounds like something the kids would love. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could give it to your kids. You can give it to your pregnant wife. You know, mocktails are a thing. Who is drinking mocktails from your from what you've seen? Everybody. There's no one group of people, so to speak, that will gravitate towards mocktails. Mocktails are for everybody. It just depends on the timing and situation. If you've already been drinking all day or for the, the entire night and you just kind of want to slow down a little bit, you can still enjoy a, a good libation through a mocktail 
just without the alcohol. Some people drink a, an alcoholic beverage and have a glass of water. Another alcoholic beverage, have another glass of water. You can go back and forth with mocktails. They'll do the same thing. All right. So January, I guess, is a big month for you guys with mocktails. We're uh, pushing it. We're, we're hoping to, to get people through those doors and... You know, uh, just because you're celebrating dry, uh, dry January doesn't mean you don't have to come out to eat. True. And do you take into consideration the flavors of the drink, whatever it may be, and what you're ordering? Like pairing food with beverage? Yeah. Pairing food with beverage is still 100% absolutely a thing. In today's world, people are going to drink what they want to drink. Uh, so you could always throw out those suggestions to people that this tart mocktail is probably going to go a little bit better with your heavier, fattier dish because the, the tartness is going to cut through the fattiness in your dish. However, if somebody wants to drink a really sweet mocktail along with their steak, that's what they're going to do. People are going to drink what they drink. Same thing with red wine and white wine. You know, white wine definitely pairs better with fish and red wine with red meat. That's just natural how it how it happens but in today's day and age people are going to drink what they're going to drink if you're a red wine drinker and you're having some fish you may still just have your red wine even though white would theoretically pair better hey look as long as they support those restaurants right yep absolutely you want to comment on the uh your projections your anticipation your expectations for 2022 i know the past couple of years have been difficult for restaurants it's it's been very difficult for restaurants and anytime we uh, take a step forward i feel like we end up taking a couple steps back and have to retract steps and try and figure it all out again it's a uh, it's a lot of rewriting the wheel and you know making sure that you're two steps ahead of the curve so that people still want to come out to your establishments over uh, over other places but I have high hopes for 2022 we'll see we're pretty much two years into this and uh, I would really hope uh, that we we can see a light at the end of the tunnel and you know the you know <laughs> it's it's been a rough go of it. Not much to say about that. What do you think customers are looking for now? Do you think that what they're looking for during the pandemic is the same as what they wanted pre-pandemic? Or, you know, how have their tastes changed? Their preferences changed? People are always going to look for value in what they're getting. But you also have to take in consideration that people haven't gone out nearly as much as they have uh, this past two years as they have prior to that. Uh, so when people are going out within this time, they want to expect more because they haven't been out in so long. They, they want to make sure that these experiences are top notch, you know, that they went out for a reason and the reason was good. It wasn't like we, we haven't gone out in two years and we're going to go out for our first time. And it was kind of a spoiled experience. You know, they were, their expectations got to set the bar a little bit higher. Which is not easy when there is a shortage of people at the restaurants. Or shortage of uh, products to uh, put into uh, <laughs> things in the restaurants. Right, you got to you got to balance all of that. It is. It's definitely a struggle. It's a it's a balance. But you know, if you don't try to think and innovate and and move towards uh, the greater good or the future, then you know you'll be left in the dust behind. So mocktails are like one little way to elevate your menu. One little thing, you know, one little thing of many. All right. What, what else can you tell us about dry January? People love it, huh? It's a thing. Being in this position, I'm, I'm surrounded by alcohol. So, you know, every now and then I enjoy a good mocktail. Just doing my R&D sessions, trying to figure out this cocktail, figure out that cocktail. You know, you have to taste these cocktails to make sure they're good, right? You know, and you, you make it a few times. 
and not quite right, you make it another few times, and then after that, your wife says, hey, let's go out to dinner. Well, I've already been drinking for the day, so... <laughs> So it's uh, it's good to to kind of reboot and refresh. All right. Matt Deutsch, thank you so much. Anything else you want to add? And where can we find a list of the mocktails? On all of our websites for all of our uh, uh, locations, we do list all of our menu items, including cocktails and mocktails. The five locations that we're really pushing the mocktails at, we're actually doing a, a happy hour, so to speak, for these. So they're typically $6 a, a pop for these mocktails, but we're, we're doing in... During the happy hour times, we're selling them for $5 a piece just to kind of stimulate the fact that people are coming out for a happy hour even though they're not necessarily drinking. So like the Monday through Friday, it's a, the three o'clock to six o'clock or four o'clock to six o'clock range, we're doing mocktail happy hours, yeah. You're assuming people are going to work in the office. Well, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> and even if they're not, maybe just strolling around town. <laughs> or just come out after working from home. Yep. <laughs> are, are you noticing, is that changing the business too? Like where oh, yeah, are people absolutely. working from? Absolutely. One of, uh, one of our locations, Rosie's, it, it's hard to say, but I feel like this pandemic almost put them on the map, at least their to-go business has accelerated extramentally throughout this pandemic. Uh, they're lo located in a, a perfect section where, you know, foot traffic and uh, people working and it's, it's in the, the local neighborhood. So it's, it's an easy go, but their, their to-go service has definitely jumped. And with that, we started offering our non-alcoholic margaritas as a kit. So you can go home and you can make your own margaritas with or with alcohol at home. And you can tell by the traffic like where people are coming from kind of yeah yeah it's uh, definitely less of a of the business crowd the the business after after work happy hour it's more just the happy hour I'm getting out of the house <laughs> everybody needs that once in a while too yeah. for yeah. sure well Matt thank you so much Matt Deutsch is beverage director at FCM hospitality uh, he runs 11 locations which is a combination of their permanent locations pop-ups and takeovers and Matt is there an overarching website or a couple of websites that you want to mention uh, well FCM hospitality is our our main and you'll you'll be able to find all of our our locations through there well happy dry January thank you very much you as well come in and have a, a mocktail thank you do you have some recovering to do I, I do yes <laughs> like I said, it's been a long couple of years. It has been a long couple of years. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at Food in the 215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadas Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadas Kuznets, and that's What's Cooking. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.